Hi, on the 5th and 6th of June, 2024, I'll be speaking at the largest AI event in Asia, Super AI in Singapore, at the iconic Marina Bay Sands. Alongside brilliant minds like Edward Snowden, Benedict Devon, and Balaji Srinivasan, I'll be on a stage exploring the extraordinary potential of AI and the profound change it represents, not just for financial markets, but also for the world as we know it. With over 5,000 attendees and over 150 side events, Singapore will become a vibrant hub for a full week from the 3rd and 9th of June. Visit superai.com to register and join me with 20% off tickets using the code REALVISION. Use the link in the description and I'll see you there. It's going to be incredible. Is it time to hold cash? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Tony Greer, editor of the Morning Navigator newsletter and member of the RV Marketplace. Hey there, Tony. Hello, Maggie. How are you today? I'm okay. I was just moaning a bit before he came on. I was telling Tony, it's a, it's Tony, it's Tuesday, Tony, but it's kind of a Monday for most of us. And these always feel hard these days, especially if we look at what's going on in the market, right? It was, uh, we're coming off a long weekend, an ugly start to the week. U.S. stocks down across the board. The drop in tech stocks, including NVIDIA, getting a lot of the headlines, but the Russell was actually the biggest decliner. Um, but there was red across the board. As we're entering this, Tony, we've got some stuff on the radar this week, Fed Minutes as well. What's top of mind for you? Yeah, you know, the, the timing of uh, the short week, you know, we're following through after CPI week last week, right? CPI, PPI both came in hot right rates went rates went up essentially um stock market still overbought bullish complacent right so we're due for a waterfall kind of thing and you look at the calendar and we've got FOMC minutes tomorrow then we've got Nvidia reporting after the close then we've got manufacturing PMI Thursday morning i mean it's about to heat up right it's about to heat up for sure and you know now is when you want to kind of be dotting your i's and crossing your t's and making sure that nothing on your pad is going to get run over in that news flow that's about to come out and you know i'm i'm really ecstatic about how the market is trading and how the year is panning out and just how tradable the market is right now in this condition you know it's hard to make money at the highs in the s&p but it's still true that you know, breakouts are breaking out, breakdowns are breaking down. You know, we had that wild SMCI meme stock, you know, du jour have a big, huge outside reversal day on Friday, follows through to the downside today, makes a new low. NVIDIA's off two, two Sigma, 5% sell off ahead of earnings tomorrow. Um, people are understanding that one-way traffic isn't always one-way traffic, right? Uranium is... 15% off the highs, which nobody thought was possible. So it's one of those things where market is proving to people that markets are going to be markets and NVIDIA is not going to go up forever and neither is SMCI, neither is Bitcoin and all that stuff. And so yeah. you're going to be able to pick your trade, pick your breakout, pick your pullback and be a trader, right? Put the risk management on the line and, and do what you got to do to make money. But the we are no shortage of opportunities in that. So that's I fun. love that. That's a great that's a great way to think about it. And it's a great point, right? When it was all sort of, you know, it was it was very hard when everything's just a freight train and you yeah, you know, you're you're trying to hang on. Um it's it's if you've got things moving, there is opportunity in that. Um 
I, I, hey, Bernard, nice to see you in the chat. I'm not used to seeing your name. I always like when we see people that that we don't always weighing in. Welcome. Um, and of course, to everyone who are the regulars in the chat too. So what do you think the market... So you're, you're feeling ecstatic about the market. You see trading opportunities, of course. This leans into your expertise. Um, what, it, what do you feel like the market sentiment is out there? I'm saying hi to everybody in the chat. I know you have a rock and slack that you're members are a part of, or some of them anyway. Um, what, what kind of, like, how do people feel going into this? Is there, is there a stress? I know there have been so many people who are really married to the tech narrative. I don't know. Like what, what's the vibe you're picking up in terms of market sentiment? Yeah, there's, there's, there's buzz. And what's, what's fun about like having a Slack channel, Maggie, is you notice that on days like today, when we're ahead of those like three big data points and it's a short week and you know, there's money on the line, everybody's chirping up, right? Everybody, everybody wants to know what you think about this. What do you think about this pullback? What do we do? You know, and they're doing exactly, luckily what I've been preaching in the Slack channel is kind of today is the day you make sure that you got nothing on your pad that's going to run you over in the next 48 hours. So yeah. um, there's been a lot of anxiety ahead of the NVIDIA earnings, right? Like this is the market disco ball that everybody, you know, yeah. this is like one of the bigger earnings releases. Like I'm waiting for my mother-in-law to call and ask me what my expectations for earnings are for NVIDIA tomorrow. They're so big. So it's like, the market is focused on that. It really, really, really seems like the bar is really high for NVIDIA to be able to, you know, put up another beat, right? Which they've been doing that, you know, they've kind of got um, weaker beats as they've gone on. But I guess the point is the bar is high for them to do that again and to get the stock running again, right? After a big pullback today, at least the charts finally got a kink in it somewhere where there shows like there's a little sign of weakness where maybe it goes down a few more percent. So it's going to be all about, you know, how the market grades those earnings tomorrow. I would imagine tomorrow, you know, we have, we have an inside day in NVIDIA where the range stays between today's range until we get that earnings release. And then there'll be a breakout either way. And I have no idea what it's going to be because I don't know the earnings, but the market feels really ripe for a pullback. Like we've been saying, um, I'm trying to instruct people right now that it's okay to be bullish as hell, but less long at the highs, mm. right? That's a logical position for a trader to be. And yeah, I'm gung ho bullish, but I made a lot of sales because you got to make money before they go down, mm. you know? So that's kind of the position that we're in right now. It feels like the pullback is about to happen. Who would be shocked if all of a sudden Nvidia came out, beat earnings again, and the stock kept going down? Yeah. Right. That will be a really, really good tell if something as simple as that happens where earnings are better and the stock reacts negatively. That's a really good sign that the bull market is coming to an end. Right. And, and so at least you can trade it that way for NVIDIA. Right. You can start to sell rallies and sell rallies before you think of buying dips. So these are the things that we've been discussing in the Slack channel ad infinitum, um, you know, along <laughs> with the cryptocurrency uh, performance. We've been watching really closely the flows into the new ETFs. Um, and really happy that we picked the right one to get into on the Navigator. We picked the iShares ETF, IBIT, and uh, they've just been you know, buying Bitcoin hand over fist with the money flows that they've seen coming in. So those are what's on everybody's mind so far. Maggie, where do you want to start? Yeah, no, I think that's great stuff. So does it sound like, uh, by the way, before we get to that, this is why I love the way you laid it out, because this is why we talk about having a framework, having a plan, why research is important. You and I are going to catch up and have a, a further conversation about that. 
uh, next week, but this is why it's important to be prepared and not just shoot for the hip so that when these sort of potentially pivotal weeks are coming, you know, you make your money and you survive. So when you're talking about NVIDIA, do you feel like this is going to be more than just about NVIDIA now? It's going to be a sort of test and, and you got to watch out if you're in tech at all. Could it have that, or, or, you know, if it, that goes down, it brings that whole sector, at least the MAG-7 with it. Does it feel like that kind of event? Yeah, it it, it does only because it seems like, you know, our, some of our indicators are so so stretched, right? We've seen uh, stochastics have been overbought since November. We've been running at extreme greed and sentiment for two months now, right? The AAII bulls index has been 40 bit of 50 for at least a month and a half, right? Just hovering along the highs. People are bullish, right? CTA risk, they're max loaded to the gills with S&P futures, right? So this is the scenario, right? This is when things happen. You know, you just wait for what Mr. Market decides is going to be the catalyst. Mm. NVIDIA earnings may come and go tomorrow, and they may decide that ISM prices paid on Thursday was too hot, and that caused the real kerfuffle, mm. right? It, it could be something like that. I don't know, but I would imagine that NVIDIA is going to break loose and have a massive range after earnings and the pre-market, et cetera. You know, options this morning were pricing in like a 12% move from last sale after earnings in NVIDIA. So, you know, they're expecting a shakeup no matter what. And it seems like the, the bar is just really high for either NVIDIA to beat and catch a new wave of earnings buying, of, of um, AI type buying, or for them to miss the stock to come in lower and then climb its way back to the high. So for me, either way, after today's sell-off, the bar is kind of high for NVIDIA to, to do great things from here. It won't shock me if they do. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm still bullish. But this stock, it seems like that and the whole sector seems like there's room to pull back. We just got to see if we get a catalyst, Maggie. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Join over 5,000 attendees for the largest AI event in Asia at Super AI Singapore, June 5th and 6th, 2024. Rao Pal, Benedict Evans, Balaji Srinivasan, Edward Snowden, and over 150 others will join the industry's most influential to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a week from June 3rd through June 9th with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit www.realvision.com forward slash super AI for 20% off tickets with the code REALVISION or click below. Yeah, there's that there's that time frame element that's important, right? So there's a short-term, you know, trading outlook and then there's a longer term how you feel about this stuff. It does seem like we've had a few people commenting it seems like some of that AI momentum maybe is coming out of the market a little bit or at least there'll be a, a different kind of litmus test. Um you know, as to whether anybody can rally on that. Does it feel that way to you? People getting a little more discerning about that? You know, yeah, right up until like today, people were slamming money into NVIDIA no matter what. Mm. You know, like SMCI had its, you know, Icarus moment right in front of the whole tape on Friday afternoon. And they bought in, they bought NVIDIA up to the highs one more time for the hell of it. But, you know, after that happened and then it sold off and settled on the lows. So my, my, I guess the point I would make is that, you, you know, when it's money flow coming into a stock, 
it's impossible to say when that's going to end. And, and while it feels like the market is ready for that to end, you know, we don't really know until the facts come out tomorrow. We see how yeah. the market reacts. But I would imagine that, you know, any kind of any kind of rally tomorrow after earnings that isn't, you know, isn't making it towards the highs is going to get sold with, with a little bit of, with the highs in the rearview mirror now. So that's just my feel. We'll see what happens. But I'm looking to buy the dip, too, you know. There's there's a there's going to be plenty of volatility this year. I think the market's going to be extremely active with different sectors leading on different days and different kinds of breakouts. But feels to me like we're going higher still. Yeah, it's it's amazing because we've got this. Uh, you know, we're trying to figure this part out on the equity side when there is a huge amount of uncertainty when it comes to the economic side and what that means for yield. So Samuel just sat down with chief invest the chief investment officer of Tema that run a, a batch of ETFs and they talk, he talked about trying to time the recession. Let's have a listen. So I think one of the things entering 24 is the setup is very, very different to 2023. You know, when we started 2023, the outlook was extremely negative. It was quite bearish. I think a recession was pretty much forecast by most people in the second half of 23. And of course the year that's just passed didn't materialize in that way. And I think as we sit here in 24, it's almost a diametrically opposed picture. Uh, as you can see in, in the first chart, you can see the mentions of soft landing in news articles is through the roof. And historically, that tends to precede an actual recession. So the market often gets these things wrong. If we look at the second half, we think you know, the pressures of rising interest rates are yet to play out. And I think that's the second chart that we've got here, which is the effect of tightening. Uh, so it's about a third of it left, according to the Chicago Fed. And I think that's interesting and tells you that there could be economic weakness in the second half of the year, which is a very out of consensus call right now. Um, we don't think that weakness is going to be very sharp because there's not a lot of excesses around. You usually have very sharp recessions if you've had you know, excessive housing market boom or whatever it might be previously we've seen in other recessions. So recession call, we think it's going to happen in the second half of the year. And that's something that we're incorporating in our equity stock picking right now. That full interview, including three of their top trade ideas dropped on the website today. If you are watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast, head over to our website at realvision.com and join. You're going to need that RV login to be able to participate in a bunch of really cool things that we have coming up in the next few weeks. We'll tell you about that more about that um, toward the end of the show. So uh, interesting co comment from Michael, Tony, in the chat. He's saying, until the 10-year yield drops 100 basis points, nothing looks safe. And it's true that yield, the yield volatility we saw last year really was problematic. And, it, and you know, again, it's, you know, we went into the year on such a different posture. And now, with all, as you mentioned, all that hot data coming in, it's we've seen upward pressure on yields again. Um, is that still really key? Is the direction of the 10-year really going to dictate a lot of what happens with the rest of the markets? At some level, of course, there'll be that effect. I think I'm most concerned about, I'm trying to have a bigger, wider lens this year a little bit. Mm -hmm. So last year, to, to, to unwrap that, last year, the market was very sort of, you know, anxious about inflation and the bond market's reaction to that and a lot of like, you know, a lot of micro minutia and things about where rates were going and rates weren't really trending. They were right. We backed off the highs a little bit, but my idea is that this year we're going to get sideways. Right. And so I'm kind of zooming the lens out. And my, my idea is like not to get as caught up 
where the 10 year is trading. I think it's going to be within the recent high, certainly, and say, I don't know, three, three and a half percent on the downside. But just the way, you know, if Fed funds just stay in the sort of steady range and not make a new high above five and a half and bounce off of three, that kind of thing, or even a tighter range than that, that is going to be bullish the stock market. And so I, I just think that over the long run, you just have to keep in mind, yeah, rate, higher rates may not be great for the market, but we just had rates go up for the first two weeks of the year. And we're talking about the S&P holding dips to 49.70 and 49.80, right? It's a 5K item. Even with everything that's come out, the hot CPI, hot PPI, higher rates, the dollar was bid only for a month and a half. You know, all these things that are generally negative, the S&P have had no effect on the S&P whatsoever. And the S&P is up on the year and trading 5K and pushing an all-time high and breaking out technically. And all of that is still going on. So I'm just trying to stay that if Fed funds don't make a new high, if tens don't make a new high and rates are range trade, and we don't know whether we're going into a recession or a more inflationary situation, bullish for stocks. I think that like, I just want everyone to pause and for that to sink in because you're exactly right, Tony. And, and when you're doing it day by day, you kind of can lose sight of that, that everything's been thrown at the stock market. And it's at an, and it, it may not feel good, but here we are at a new yeah. high. It's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely true. That's absolutely what I mean. It's, yeah. it's more resilient than you think, right? It yeah. feels like, oh my God, this thing's about to curl over. You know, uranium is 15% off the highs. Uh, NVIDIA just curled over today. It's like, everybody relax. The S&P is doing great. It's doing great, right? It's, it's, in fact, it's doing its job if you're invested in it. It's sorting out winners and losers, right? You can't ask for an index to do a better job than at the end of the year it sorted out the regional bank blowups, the pullbacks in AI, the this, the that, and it was up 25% on your money. That's an index I can get behind. And, and it's giving that whole personality so far this year. I mean, there's blowups all over the tape, mm -hmm. right? I mean, downside blowups, right? Down earnings blowups. The story's all over the tape today, right? So it's like, you can't tell me that it's just a five-stock market, et cetera, et cetera. The S&P is doing a great job sorting out winners and losers and coming out a winner on top of it, like it's designed to do. So- when it's having a good year, I think you want to be in it and, and not overcomplicate it. Yeah, great, great, great insight. Uh, so Thanks, on Randy. that point, the macro butler uh, is asking, Tony, do you think we could see a rotation from tech into energies and cyclicals from here? We had we yeah. had some conversations about that last week. It's kind of what everybody's been looking for, though, right? Well, last week, last year, five yeah. years ago, you know, <laughs> it's like one of those things. And I'm not I'm not trying to cut on the question. It's a great question because yeah. what's just come up is you can't miss the um, the market cap porn where they just said Nvidia's market cap is now bigger than the S and P 500 energy sector, right? So when you start to see uh, mathematical anomalies like that. It's usually when you can look at the valuable sector, right? You've got the idea that Cuppy's bullish oil field services and a couple of particular names in your pocket, right? Like the big one of the most renowned, cheapest value investors on the street. My friend Cuppy is looking in that space. So yeah, I think that's a smart space to be looking in. If you look at XLE um, through the recent oil episode and me meaning the sell-off to $70, the rally back up to 80 energy stocks never shook you out, right? There's never been a scary sell-off there. And, and right up until today where the refiners are getting hit today, the refiners have been in the lead once again and, and putting up, you know, Marathon Petroleum traded a new all-time high last week or two weeks ago, whichever it was. 
uh, but it's sailing along and the energy sector looks okay to me. So yes, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with picking away at that, especially when oil trades at the bottom of the range now. When it bounces off the bottom of the range like it just did, there's much less fear that it's going to fall into the 60s, right? I had that idea a couple of weeks ago down at 72. It was like, man, the bottom of the range looks vulnerable now. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, nothing doing, $80 again, and nobody's got to be scared of it. But to me, there's still not a great trade there in energy. So that's why I'm not really all gung-ho, let's buy energy and energy stocks. That's all. Yeah. Um John asking, do you think crypto would be immune from a wider sell-off or is the new demand from the ETFs going to overwhelm any broader sell-off? Yeah, that's the question right now, isn't it? The ETF uh, inflows are massive. Um, what's great about Bitcoin, I think right now, is that it is following the script, right? To, to a T to me, it, it is, um, it's rallying with all kinds of sort of, you know, central bank and politician irresponsibility and and gaming and things like that it had it reached a peak for the ETF launch had a pullback held a great technical level we start seeing the wall of institutional money flying into the thing and there's now you know next thing you know we're at bitcoin 50k again so it looks great it's trading great and unless you know you, i i have to think that there's going to be some sort of regularity to the institutional flow. And that meaning whether at different times, different institutions decide to get involved or at different prices, different institutions decide to get involved. But I think that over time that it's gonna be around and the flow is gonna be somewhat steady. But my, my bigger point being, I don't think it's just gonna be a, a trade where you can fade the initial ETF inflow and then Bitcoin falls apart again. It just doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's had more upside stimulus this year and less downside. So Bitcoin seems like a good place to be, and I'm on it for the navigator. I got into it for my clients uh, a couple of months ago, and we, we've had a couple of uh, a good trade in that one too, Knockwood. So, so that's why I'm staying in Bitcoin. When it's behaving the way I think it's going to behave, I'm definitely going to have risk on in that security. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. So, uh, Marishir, I think that answers your question. He was also asking early in, in in the comments, is it the right time to take a position in Bitcoin? Um, it, like, we can never answer that directly because, of course, Tony doesn't know your risk profile and all the things he would know um, if he was doing a one-on-one -on -one with you. So hard to say that. But generally, I think we can take your answer, Tony, as a this is behaving type that that I, I you, you're... You're now yeah. on it, you know? I, I like the security, Maggie. And, and just to offer some advice, it's the number one question that I get as a professional, literally, is do I put money into this now or do I wait, right? I've got guys in my Slack channel that I'm having one-on-one -on -one calls with to give them some, some coaching on how to enter trades like this in bull markets. I've got institutions that are asking me how to plot getting into stocks and securities and how I would handle it. So everybody wants to know, how do I put this money to work? My general idea is, you know, if, if this is a sort of not a day trade, right? It's, not, it's mm -hmm. not an immediate thing. It's for a view that you have. Watch it for a little while. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go anywhere. If, you, if, if you're fortunate enough to see two or three red days in a row and you're an interested buyer, then buy some, right? If you've got cash on the sidelines and that cash is earmarked cash, then put it in the bond market and friggin' leave it there. 
and don't look at it again. And I don't want to hear it. You generating a four point something percent return and you allocated it to the bond market. If it's money that you have that you want to put into a security, then put it in. Right. If it goes down, you have to manage that risk just like everything else. But mm -hmm. you got to handle that ticket like a buy order. Right. If you got the view, you see the price action, it's going up. You think it's going up. It's going up further. You got money here on the sideline. Get it to work, man. Right. It's a buy order. It's not a cash position. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you'd be sitting in treasuries. So that's something that I like to share. I don't so, know if that helps or hurts. It, I think you just made a, a really, really important distinction because, you know, for those who follow the origins of cryptocurrencies, they're supposed to be uncorrelated and uh, sort of hedge reserve non-fiat type money. But what you're saying, Tony, is that you are treating it as an asset that is not cash, is interesting, you like the chart, but you are not considering it to be cash, which is a really, really important distinction for those of you who are aware of that narrative. So I think that was really important. Yeah, I'm looking at it as a macro trading security, right? It's still a levered bet on risk assets at some level. Right. And the reason, you know, is it shouldn't be it's lost on no one that the S&P is at an all time high and Bitcoin is kicking ass. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's the same trade at some level. So and not not at every level, but at some level, those things should not shock anybody. Right. Yeah. We, we, if but, we there, understand but, but, how it's, but it's worth repeating because I think yeah. there is this other conversation and you can call it a longer term conversation, a more fundamental, a more existential question. Jim Bianco was touching on this last week about what role they're supposed to play. But Tony's being very clear from a portfolio advising trading perspective, this is how he treats it. So I think that's really that's, important. That's right. If you if you have, you know, I, I hear a lot of people asking me, how do I get into these things? And I wanted to buy it and I didn't buy it. And, and that's kind of their complaint. So the way I address that is, look, if you had this money, the minute that you took it out of the cash markets and decided it's got to have a home at some point, in whatever security, buy some, right? You just decided it's not a cash position anymore, right? So once you make that decision, buy some, buy some. You know what I mean? And, and if you don't do anything at that point, then, okay, we're going to sit and wait for a couple of red days and wait for it to go down. But I'm just saying, like, if it's the allocation into that security, then be in that security and manage it. And if it's not in that security, then, then don't be in that security, be in cash. Right. And that's all you got to do. I think it's a great, great way to look at it. Um, but these are all conversations. If you're not having them already, you're going to have to have them with, with yourself or your spouse or the person who's advising you on your 401 because now these things are open to that. So it's exactly why we're doing the crypto gathering that I mentioned Thursday, this Thursday and Friday. It's the Don't F This Up edition. Um, but it tackles questions like this. like What is this? How should you approach this? You know, How does it fit in? How do you need to be thinking about this? And then it'll get a little bit more granular about how to do exactly what, what Tony's talking about. So sign up at realvision.com slash crypto gathering. The other thing that strikes me, Tony, is um, that this is exactly, I think it was with Denise at one of our events where we, we come back to this again and again, is why are you trading? Like, what are you doing, right? And so that's your point about, are you doing this because you want to take your money out of cash and then try to grow it somehow? Or are you doing this, if you're about capital preservation, then back to the question we started the show with, maybe cash is the alternative for you right now because you don't want to take risk. But this is, you have to know why you're doing something before you decide where it should go. 
Exactly. You know, bucketing thing, bucketing things properly in finance in terms of like the trade tickets and, and where your positions go is really effective. That's all I wanted to say. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm trying to just help people get, um, you know, a lot of people, it, it, it sounds like, and I was really just addressing a lot of people that were having trouble pulling the trigger, buying assets or buying the S&P in a bull market. And it's still a bull market and they recognize that and they're deer in the headlights, you know? And so I'm yeah. very in touch with that emotion, but I kind of try to decide for them that like, once you got that idea in your head, that means it's an allocation. Like if you like, if you, if we got in your head, you know what, I'm going to buy some of this. You know what I mean? Like once you, once you cross the line and you're not afraid to be in something, you're trying to get, mm -hmm. you know, well, then, then be in it. Right. It's like when you, when I used to get orders, Maggie, as an institutional trader that were buy order, and if I thought the stock was going down, I would kind of sit tight for a little while, right? And the customer would call me up and say, um, excuse me, I know you're bearish, but that's a buy order. It says <laughs> yeah. buy stock on it. So unless you start buying stock, I'm not doing my job. And I'd be like, well, got it. Yeah. You know, and I was overthinking yeah. it at the time. But the point is, if it's a buy order, buy the freaking thing. Yeah. No, no, it's, 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 it sounds simplistic, but it's a lot harder uh, than you think because you're trying to tease out why you're doing things. Uh, question that the next natural one we should have known was coming up. So what about gold? Uh, I think it was, uh, Michael saying something about that. A couple other people. Are you looking at gold or is Bitcoin more interesting to you instead of gold right now? If you're looking at sort of momentum, how are you thinking about how that all plugs in? Okay, so I'm, I've got them both. I happen to have them both on the long side of my view matrix. So I'm long gold, I'm long Bitcoin, I'm long the S&P, and I'm long metals and mining stocks right now. Those are the only four positions I have. Who cares, right? But what I'm talking about in terms of gold, I think gold and Bitcoin both are set up well this year for pretty similar reasons and different reasons, right? Like I like that they have overlapping reasons to be bullish both. Right. If rates are going to come down, that's probably bullish both. More liquidity versus less liquidity is probably bullish both. Um, Bitcoin is a little bit having a little bit more to me, and I'm pricing this in my own head while looking at headlines in the tape, having more of a flight to safety reaction, more of a sort of political trigger to it than gold. And gold just seems to be that slow moving blob that's going higher for the right reasons, right? Like it's still reacting to like the massive towering deficits in the US and, you know, it's reacting to all that stuff the way it should. Um, and it's holding in in a period of dollar strength that we just saw, which is another feather in its cap. I don't know where Bitcoin stands on there, but we just had bid only in the dollar index for about a month and a half and gold stayed around 2K. So for me, that was a good sign. Mm. You know, those are the things that I'm kind of bouncing around each other. And then here's another little anecdote, Maggie. I uh, I interviewed another really sharp gal named Nikki Shields in the markets. She's a metal strategist for a firm called MKS Pomp in Geneva. Mm -hmm. And she's located here in New York. But I was asking her about gold. She's really, really educated. She rattled off like so much bullish stuff about gold. My head was spinning. And I was like, all right, where, where where's the price target? What do you think? And now I'm salivating. I think she's going to say like, oh, 4,000, right? She's like, uh, I have a 2050 price target on it for this year. So yeah, I'm kind of bullish. And I was like, <laughs> it's trading 2030. Like, you know, all I have is another $20 in this rally. You got to be kidding me with like all of this bullish. 
you know, there's physical traders that were below the market. They're right at the market buying things at 2K. Retail is participating. Huge physical demand, central bank demand. And she's like, and it's going to go up another 20 bucks this year. And that's it. So that kind of tempered my bullishness. And I think Bitcoin may be a funner trade, to, more fun trade to pursue. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's not the expected answer. That's, that's my fantastic. story, Maggie. And I'm sticking yeah, I to it. I, I like it. I like it. Um, Tony, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I think it, it's it's like so instructive because it's not only about what's going on this week, but it's also about just sort of where you need to be in your head to approach things, um, which is just as important as we know. So great stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, great, I, great to I, kick I, off the week with you. I got my energy back. Thank ah, you. Awesome, Maggie. I, you know, I love to talk about that stuff. And I, 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 I'm so fearful that it's not helpful to people, you know, but when you, when you reinforce that it is, I get more confident because I know that I see a little bit of a need for it in front of me. I don't know if readers are concerned about the same things, but if you think that it's good to talk about, we should talk about it more. That stuff's really fun. No, I do. And and I think you and Jared, um, we haven't teased it out yet, but we're going to sit down and have a conversation about this because it's why we have the Academy. It's why we talk about this stuff um, because people can just spit ideas at you all day long, but if you don't understand what framework you're operating from, what works for you, what your priorities are. It's not, it's going to be meaningless. It just sounds like noise. And a lot of it's conflicting if you don't know something as simple as what your time frame is. So, I mean, those things matter so much and they're just not out there. Um, so we spend a lot of time on education. That's why we have you guys all in the marketplace um, and why we ask you to kind of share your perspective. You mean doing this a long time, you have a lot more insight into this. So we're going to we're going to actually yeah. spend some time talking about how you guys approach it because it does it does help people a lot um, and we get that feedback so we that's appreciate great. it that's appreciate great it. you need you survive this long weapons. tony you got you got to share it with us <laughs> yeah well whatever i can you know i mean the markets don't change you know it's, it's that's the nice part about it the patterns don't change you know it's just a different day and a different security so yeah, but you kind of got to reset all the time you know like that's the trick yeah. like you say that but to us it feels like you have every day telling you people telling you it's the new normal and like nothing mattered. Everything's different. So, you know, there's somewhere the truth is in, in there, right? It's in the mix somewhere. Consistency is a moving target. One of my great bosses at Goldman Sachs said that always. And that was a really good thing to think about as a trader. Consistency is for sure a moving target as a risk manager. So yeah, that's a great, and, th- and that risk management part too, we'll, we'll dive into. So keep keep your eyes out, people. We'll let you know when that combo is coming. Um, and if you want uh, more on Tony's research in full, head over to the Marketplace. There's a tab on our website and you can subscribe and get a discount, an RV discount. So we love it. Um, and remember also that crypto gathering coming up, we're going to touch on all the kind of stuff Tony just flagged, uh, the Don't F This Up edition you know, Raul loves that. Uh, it's free. He'll be doing some of the stuff. Sign up at realvision.com forward slash crypto gathering. Thanks everybody. Fun, fun discussion. Uh, we got a lot going on this week. It's going to be fun. And as Tony says, a lot of trading opportunities. So get ready, take care and good luck out there. Please don't fuck this up. Well, we've got such a massive opportunity in crypto. We become our own worst enemies. When the bull market truly starts, you end up losing your minds, doing all the wrong things, and end up poorer than when you started, or just not capturing it. Anyway, I'm serious about trying to help you not fuck this up. And the Crypto Gathering is all about that. Two amazing, fun-filled days of learning about how to get this right. That's on February the 22nd, 23rd, and there'll be panels, Q&As, interviews. Come and join us. It's free. Register at realvision.com forward slash crypto gathering. That's realvision.com forward slash crypto gathering and come and help yourself not fuck this up. I'll see you there.
We hope you enjoyed this episode. At Real Vision, we arm you with the expert knowledge, time-efficient tools, and a powerful network to help you succeed on your financial journey. Get a taste of financial freedom with our free offer at realvision.com forward slash free.